Welcome to The Neighborhood, a Mr. Rogers Tribute Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Lee James of rickleejames.com, and I run the Mr. Rogers Quotes Twitter account found at Mr. Rogers Say. As we again walk into this podcast neighborhood, we want you to know that no matter where you are from, you are welcome here. I'm glad to be your neighbor. Every daughter, every son, every tribe, and every tongue, in the spirit of Fred Rogers and the life of welcome that he lived, welcome to the neighborhood. This week in the neighborhood, we have a very special bonus episode with a very special guest, Luke Flowers. Luke is an author and illustrator from Colorado Springs, Colorado. He has illustrated over 50 children's books since 2014, including Disney's The Muppet Christmas Carol storybook and his own top-selling series, Moby Shinobi, which has a new chapter book releasing on December 26, 2019. Luke has created work for a range of clients that include Disney, Scholastic, Random House, Little Golden Books, Nickelodeon, and many more. He recently illustrated the New York Times bestseller, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Poems by Fred Rogers. He's here for a visit today, and I'm just thrilled about it. Luke Flowers, welcome to the neighborhood. Well, thank you, neighbor. That's a great introduction. <laughs> well, you know, there's just so much good to tell uh, about you, and I'm really excited to have the chance to talk. I have really loved not only the poems of Fred Rogers and the songs that are in this this great book, but your art just adds so much to it. So I appreciate you being here to talk today and, and sharing your talent. And just at the beginning of the show, I want to remind all of our listeners that if they go to our website, which is... Uh, you can either type in fredrogerspodcast.com or welcomeneighbor.podbean.com, and we will have links uh, to your website and the different books, including A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. So just wanted to let everybody know that as we begin today. Well, Luke, I have a question that's that's more personal in nature about what you do before we get into the actual Fred Rogers book, because I think my audience would just love to get to know a little bit more about you. I wonder, what does a day in the life of an author and illustrator like yourself look like? Oh, that's a great question. Um, usually I spend uh, most most of my uh, just working day uh, on children's books. I usually work on about eight books a year on average. It used to be upwards of like 12, but that was getting to be a little too much. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's so. That's I mean, I really started in, you know, 2015 was my first published, you know, book with a major publisher. And so, you know, in five short years, it was a lot to get 50 books done. Um, so I slowed up the pace quite a bit last year, although it was still about eight is, is enough for me. Amazing. Um, so really, I mean, it, it's mostly, you know, volleying back and forth between, uh, you know, different publishers and, um, processes. A lot of times I'll have, you know, one book that I'm working on, uh, actual full illustrations. I might be working on one that's in sketching phase and, um, and I'm always kind of working on writing the next, uh, Moby Shinobi, um, book series as well. So. <laughs> Well, I, you know what? I have not had the opportunity to read Moby Shinobi yet, but my son and I, last night, my son is six, and we went on to our library website, and uh, we put three of the books on hold, so we're looking forward to bringing those home <laughs> and being able to read them together. Oh, thank um, you. Well, I wonder, you're you're so good at what you do, and it's obvious that, that you have found your calling in 
just illustrating and, and writing. But was it always your dream to write children's books specifically? Um, to be honest, I mean, it, it was like in second grade, I can really remember just wanting to be an artist um, of some kind. And that was a lot of it was just inspired by um, really starting to get familiar with like the work of Jim Henson and, mm. you know, just growing up with like Sesame Street. And I love the fact that they had, you know, not only the puppetry, which I was just instantly in love with, but, um, you know, just the animation, you know, they had stop motion, they had actual, you know, 2D animation, they had live action, they had, you know, just so many elements of art that I just really appreciated it. So it made me kind of think, like, I'd love to be an artist. I didn't know what, you know, actually avenue that would look like. Um, and so it, was, it wasn't until a little bit later, you know, uh, as I got into more like high school and college, I really started to think, you know, um, storytelling paired with illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, really, a lot, I think a lot of that started to go um, hand in hand with just growing up loving Shel Silverstein's books as well and just seeing how mm-hmm. fun it is to have the play of, you know, a whimsical illustration and these like really, you know, clever um, poems. And so I think that's when I really started to think, well, you know, that would be a fun avenue to kind of help tell stories through. And, and that's why a lot of the books I write are, are written in rhyme. Uh, it's just, you know, because I grew up just loving a lot of poetry type books, um, you know, rhyming books. Of course, we all grew up, at least in my era, you know, learning to read from Dr. Seuss. So I think for me, it was a lot of those were the foundations of that journey. So sure. Um, but like I said, I you know I worked for for ten years um, for Young Life um, as their creative director out after I graduated college. So I spent about ten years really trying to figure out how to pursue that dream full time. Uh, well, you know, just trying to keep the lights on. I was just a newly married you know husband out of college, and so you know just trying to start a family up. And so it was really you know a uh, a job that helped you know. Helped me kind of get some chops in the the art world, um, and uh, I had grown up at the Young Life camps um, in Colorado. My, my parents both worked for them, mm-hmm. um, so for me it was uh, a journey that was kind of you know I always say it's, it looked kind of like a, a subway map because it was kind of all these different avenues until I can you know finally f- figured out the route that put me on the path I really felt. Um, you know, I was really called to it. And it was really, you know, about 10 years into working at Young Life in a creative design studio as a designer mainly, I just knew I really wanted to be doing illustration full time. And I had a friend just come to me and said, you know, I don't know if you're being true to yourself. You know, you've struggled for a long time to want to, you know, make this leap. Why don't you just go for it? And so that was really about in 2010 that I, I decided just to really, you know, do my best to figure out how to get into the children's book um, illustration industry and and I, I got really fortunate with some connections, like the Moby Shinobi one, right out of um, uh, kind of, I guess that was around 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that just kind of started to open more and more doors. And um, yeah, so it was, it's it's been a very interesting journey. I, I always feel like, you know, I, I felt like I was late to the game in getting into the children's book industry. Um, and so maybe that's why I was doing so many to get caught up so quickly in such a short time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I really think it was all all in the right time. I, I think the opportunities that have come have been at the right time, and and it's definitely been just a maturing process. And, and I don't know if I would have been able to handle some of that pressure and uh, some of the just demands of it um, at a younger age. So I'm thankful for it. Well, it, it must be very rewarding to to share these inspiring books that you've helped to create and that you've created. And I, I think 
Fred Rogers would probably be very proud of the way that your work is helping to inspire children to learn and, and to read and to pursue their dreams as well. So so let's talk a bit about Fred Rogers this morning, sure. which is really well, why okay. you're here. Yes. Uh, you know, everyone I talk to on this show especially, they seem to have a Fred Rogers story of a way that he influenced them in, in some way in their life. Uh, I wonder, what is your Fred Rogers story? Uh, you know, for me, it was just growing up with the show. Um, you know, again, I didn't grow up with the really early episodes. Um, you know, it was still on when I was a kid back in the 80s. Uh, but that was sort of the tail end of it. Um, but, you know, of course, I got to enjoy it in reruns. And um, so a lot of it was just, again, I, I loved puppets growing up. Um, you know, Mupp- you know, the Muppets were just a huge influence on me just as far as like, uh, you know, just the creativity of it and the imagination of it. Um, so I just love that Mr. Rogers was a little bit different and, you know, his show was a little bit slower. Um, and growing up, I grew up in a really small town and on a farm and we didn't actually have neighbors. So (laughs) that was, it was almost a a new, you know, kind of concept for me just, you know, to see a neighborhood and a city that was, you know, I, I loved not only the puppets and the land of make-believe, but the, um, you know, that he would go around and visit these places. I, I'd never seen a recycling center. I'd never seen how crayons had been made. So yeah. for me, I was really drawn to just those little outings into the neighborhood. And um, so for me, growing up as a kid, that was sort of, the, you know, an interesting look into um, a bigger world. Hmm. Um, and then again, I, I didn't, you know, uh, reconnect with, you know, Mr. Rogers, you know, the neighborhood really until... Um, I'd had our, our, our own kids, and um, and then really even most recently, it was, you know, with the um, Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary, um, I had actually just, you know, gone to see it and uh, left the theater just, you know, like anybody that's seen it, just absolutely in love with, you know, just Mr. Rogers again in a different sure. way, being a parent and, and kind of seeing it from the adult's perspective, um, I... It was interesting because I left the theater and I just told my wife, you know, I, I was just really moved by it. I said, that's the kind of message, that's kind of like work. How do I either do something in that same vein or or even celebrate the work of Mr. Rogers? How do, you know, I, I started thinking, like, I'd love to do a children's book of that. Um, and it was interesting because it wasn't, you know, but maybe, gosh, a month or two later that uh, Quirk came and, and asked me, would you be interested in doing this? They had no, I'd never mentioned Mr. Rogers to them or anything. Um, So it was Doogie Horner, who was um, the art director. Um, He's also an an author and comedian, illustrator, uh, a man of many talents. But he came to me and just said, hey, you know, I saw some of your stuff at uh, a gallery. I do a lot of um, illustration uh, or uh, gallery shows out at um, a gallery called Gallery 1988 in L.A. And he had to to either see it out there or um, online or something. He said, you know, I saw that it looks like you do some great, you know, pop culture type stuff. Would you be interested even in Mr. Rogers? And so, I mean, right there, I just told him, I just saw this film. I'm absolutely like, you know, all, (laughs) all in on this. So it was, again, I felt like it was a godsend, really. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And, and to think that, uh, really, it was just last year when that documentary came out. So you had a, a lot of work to do, didn't you? And, and really <laughs> seemingly a short amount of time because it's a thick book and there's a lot of illustrating in there for <laughs> sure. So, well, I, I wonder, because I am just clueless about this, I always loved drawing. And as a kid, I always thought it would be the coolest thing. And I still love comic books and I still love all kinds of creative things. 
and it's really fun for me with my son right now uh, who by the way neither of us at this point are very good artists but we enjoy it <laughs> we like doing it but i i just have in my imagination uh you know what it must be like to illustrate a book so i i just want to pick your brain a bit about the whole process what was your approach uh, in illustrating this book in particular, um, did did you make art that was based on the poems themselves, or or did you find that you were diving into maybe old episodes of Mister Rogers' Neighborhoods and and trying to maybe recreate some of the scenes there? What really was sort of your process in in an endeavor like this? Um, yeah, that's a great question too. Um, for me, and like you mentioned, you know, it was a pretty quick turnaround. So this was a sort of pressure cooker situation, you know, and that sure. was one of the things they said, you know, are you interested in this? It's going to be a really quick turnaround and a lot of, you know, illustrations. I think we ended up doing about 80 some illustrations. Um, but, you know, of course I was just like, whatever, I'm going to make this happen. You know, yeah. just, uh, I was all in on it. So again, I just felt like it was a divine inspiration that like the energy, the focus, you know, just everything seemed to click really quickly on this project um again growing up and knowing a lot of the songs and the poems um and the characters really helped so i just kind of already you know knew how to i wanted to kind of render the characters and, and the colors and just the the spirit of the show really is what i really wanted to capture and, mm -hmm. and and even just going back to kind of wanting to capture that the essence of you know the simplicity of the show and um just making the illustrations very you know just simple and easy to you know um, just quick, a quick read for kids. And, and again, it, it, they, um, you know, they kind of set it up. They said it's going to be kind of a Shel Silverstein-esque, you know, approach to the book style as far as very simple illustration paired with a poem. And so, of course, I'm like, this is just couldn't get better. Two of my, you know, creative heroes and people that shaped my childhood. So it was with that same spirit of just thinking, like, how did, you know, what was it I loved about the Shel Silverstein poems and, and the way he just had the perfect image to go with the poem that, you know, didn't over tell the story, but let the kid kind of imagine it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we were really turning these quickly. Um, I was super thankful. Um, Andy Reed, um, she was the art director on it after, you know, Doogie kind of handed it over to her. So working with her and, um, you know, just the quirk team uh, was amazing. And the fact that, you know, they were just, you know, made it so easy to get, you know, they really gave me a ton of creative freedom. Um, wow. I was thankful that, you know, the Fred Rogers um, company as well, you know, were really gracious. And, you know, even on the cover, you know, we, you know, kind of stylized Daniel Tiger and Exial and King Friday 13th a little bit. So I was really thankful that they let me have a little bit of my style in approaching it. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest challenge for us was just trying to find that the look for Mr. Rogers and, you know, making it somewhat recognizable, but still, you know, my style is pretty whimsical. Yeah. Uh, and so... Just fine. And again, I just feel like it came together the right way that it needed to. And I didn't, you know, it wasn't over laborious. And, um, yeah. Well, just, you know, oh. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. I didn't oh, no, mean, no, yeah. Well, I, I love that you used the word whimsical to describe your art because I know that I, a number of times, just listening to old interviews and things that Fred Rogers had written, um, he, he would say things like, I just love whimsy. <laughs> he would say, and I feel like your art is is really the perfect marriage between his words and and the the way that you uh, are able to express yourself as well. It, it just makes me wonder 
this is going to totally be like asking a person which child is your favorite that you have. <laughs> but I wonder, was there an illustration or, or a song or a poem in the book that you really found to be your favorite or that, that just really has a lot of meaning or spoke to you more than any other throughout the book? Um, yeah, I think the one of the, my favorites is that, that intro one of, you know, the land of make-believe. It was just, again, it was so fun to just that was one of my favorite places to visit in the show. And so to be able to just go in and really try to capture that and just, again, that's one of the ones that when I, you know, do book events and show to kids, it kind of helps them understand a little bit more about, it wasn't just, you know, Mr. Rogers, but it was this, these puppets in this world that he kind of helped bring to life. So uh, I really love that one. Um, but probably one of my favorite illustrations was the one of Jeff um, that, uh, you know, for the song, It's You I Like. Oh, yeah. Um, just because that was one of my favorite moments in the uh, the documentary um, and, and just remembering how special that episode was. And, mm -hmm. um, so Jeff that Erlinger, I, I yeah. believe his name was, yes. Um, oh. But then as I've gotten to go out and do book tours with kids, um, the one of my favorite ones to do with them is the um, the doing song, just because it's, it's so silly and so yeah. it's a great way to get kids into you know just the, we get up and we do all the actions together and it's really fun it kind of gives a, an energy to a poetry book that sometimes you know i think sometimes kids might you know it's it's some of them are fairly slow um mm -hmm. and so I, I, that's always a fun one to kind of break up the you know reading poetry and getting kids up yeah. and going and now is that the one that you've got to do it? That that song is that what you're talking about? The doing song, or I might be mistaken on. I uh, know, I know what you're that. talking about. Yeah, that one. Um, it's a different one. Uh, I don't know the page number, but it's um, it's got like a bunch of little insets, and um, it's kind of like you know, stand up straight and brush your teeth, and all these just kind of silly actions that you can do. Well, I'm um, gonna I'm going to definitely look that one up again once we're off the show. I, yeah. I just opened the uh, the page uh, to if if people have the book, it's on page seventy. But the one that you drew. Of, of Jeff Erlanger and that's a great illustration and you're right that's one of the the really strong memories when I think about Mr. Rogers neighborhood that's one of the the shows that I think of so well well that's great and again that the book is just so packed full I can't believe you did it in the amount of time that you had but there's such care that's taken with it I even love how the book opens up even before you get to the land of make-believe scene I just love the the stoplight and picture picture how it says good day <laughs> you know when you open the book and it just has a real sense sense of warmth and, and of welcome there so oh. we we really want to congratulate you on such a, a job well done I, I know it's I'm sure it's not always easy, but boy, you, you sure make it look like it is, you know, and so <laughs> I, I really appreciate your work in this book. I, oh, thanks. Well, you know, it's so appropriate, I think, that you were the one to illustrate A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, this book, um, not just because your pictures are great, but also, like Fred Rogers, I, I feel like you probably, through your work, have a great connection with children. But I also understand that you're a musician as well, just in, in reading about you. And I, I wonder, would you mind, because I'm a musician too, I, I'd love to just yeah. hear about some of the music that you play and write. What, how would you categorize yourself or, or how would you describe yourself? Not categorize, I don't like that term yeah. necessarily, but just kind of describe yourself as a musician for us. Uh, yeah, I think that was, again, I felt like that's a, a lifetime ago. It was really before I started getting into writing children's books. So um, I was in a lot of like folk, it was kind of like folk band. Um, uh -huh. So just a lot of singer-songwriter kind of style. Sure. Um, and again, that was, I think, my way of just writing. Um, a lot of it is just kind of storytelling, um, inspired by, you know, stories and 
in either a magazine or a newspaper or just my own personal stories. Um, so yeah, I have a couple albums out there, which is kind of funny. Um, but I, I really don't play as much as I used to for sure. Now that I'm writing children's books and just the busy pace of that and, and having kids, um, I don't get out and play quite as much as I used to, but it is still fun just to, I probably play the banjo a lot more, just get out the banjo and play songs that I, I like just cover songs yeah. and stuff like that. So so um, when when you say banjo, do you play uh, more in the the folk style of banjo, or are you more of a, a bluegrass player, or what's your what kind of style would you categorize your banjo playing uh, as? Yeah, I would say it's probably more uh, folk kind okay. of. Um, and I really enjoy like really old timey like uh, like claw hammer kind of style banjo um, music. Um, so if anything, it'd, it'd probably be. If I was going to start playing again, uh, I'd probably lean more into that sort of uh, yeah. old, old-timey old sound. Well, you know, I really wish that we were doing like a televised episode right now because I feel like <laughs> I feel like we would be in your studio looking at your artwork and then I'd have you grab a banjo and, you know, <laughs> we'd play a couple tunes together or something. That sounds like a whole lot of fun. Uh, but I love all of the, the different ways that that you create, that you write songs, and, and you're right, you, you do at some point have to decide, you know, which thing I'm going to narrow down and, and do yeah. the most of, um, but I really just appreciate the, I think, your overall approach to art, because I feel like um, you're able to maybe express your heart through what you're doing, and it's very obvious to see um, the joy that's coming off of the page whenever you're writing and, and mm. the way that you um, just bring not just these illustrations, but I've, I've been enjoying looking at some of your other work online and I'm looking forward to, to finding out more and more about you as time goes on. But I wonder, um, as we're talking about all of the different creative endeavors that you're a part of, what what's next for you? Is Is there anything you haven't done yet in your career that you would really love to do? Yeah, and it's funny you should ask that. Um, I was, you know, as the year closes up and another one begins, of course, we all start thinking about new goals. Um, and really this last year with a, a lot of really fun milestones um, to be able to be part of, you know, from the New York Times bestseller to working with the Muppets and, um, you know, just the Moby Shinobi series getting to be uh, a chapter book now. So there was a lot of really exciting things, but there's also just, I, I feel like I have really started to uh, just feel some creative fatigue and, and, mm. You know, just the pacing of it. So, you know, my wife is really challenging me as well. Just like, what are some other avenues that you want to, you know, explore and make sure you don't just kind of get burned out in this one direction? Um, so I've been thinking about, you know, again, I want to do a lot more with puppetry. Um, I, I've always loved it. I just haven't had time to, you know, other than at book events is when I kind of perform um, the different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, getting to learn a little bit more about puppet making uh, is something I'm kind of wanting to do. And then, uh, some voice acting is also, I've always loved just doing different voices. So those are two avenues I think would be fun to explore. Um, and, uh, but again, I have still quite a few books in the works coming up for next year, uh, which sure. is still exciting. Um, a couple new Mr. Rogers ones in the pipeline, which is fun to, oh, to be great. part of continuing that story. Um, are you able to give us any sort of description of those books yet, or is it too soon to, yeah, to kind of let the I, cat I out of quite, the bag? Yeah, I can't quite yet, but it's it's just kind of a fun addition uh, off the off the poetry books. They'll, they'll be through Quirk again. Um, Great. And then again, you know, the, the uh, Moby Shinobi books are now becoming chapter books, so I'll be releasing those three in the the new year. And um, so there's a lot of just. 
you know, work still that has kind of been in the process and uh, will continue into the new year. Um, but again, just still exploring. Um, you know, I think I was going to share too, real quick. Uh, the the neat thing about working on the the, the Mr. Rogers poetry book was it speaking about kind of creative burnout. I was really in a place of just, you know, feeling really, you know, just uninspired and and struggling with just the creative process at that time. And it was really neat to just see how I, again I said it was kind of a godsend, but it was one of those things that um, you know just going back into the Mr. Rogers neighborhood and watching the episodes over and over as I was working and listening to his music and, uh, you know, have so many of his records that would just put on repeat all day. And, you know, even just listening to, you know, he has those, that, that series of, uh, those three little books, um, that, uh, that he has, um, you know, just, you are special and, and, mm-hmm. and, and then also just some of the, the audio or the, um, auto or the biographies that came out, um, you know, the Maxwell King one and, yeah. um, Amy Hollinsworth has one, um, The just Simple about Faith, Faith of Mr. Yeah. Rogers. Yeah. Wonderful book. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really neat just to be going back in and just listening to these. It was just like constantly, you know, it was just the creative cave was just filled with the messages of Mr. Rogers and, and it felt like it was just at the right time. I just felt so, it was like a transformative process, not only just working on the book, but just, you know, I felt like the book was working on my heart. And that was, for me, again, it just felt like it was a neat, a neat way that Mr. Rogers kind of came into my life in a different way. So yeah. I, th- I think that was kind of what influenced a lot of the book and why it, it comes through that joy and that that spirit of Mr. Rogers. Cause I think it, it was just, it was filling the space yeah. that it was being created in. So that well, was I, amazing. I'm, yeah, well, you know, and... He he did have a way, and he was very intentional about um, on the show talking as though he was addressing one person. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, you really do feel like he's talking to you. And there's such a connection uh, that I think so many of us feel. I'm really glad you mentioned the book You Are Special, uh, because not only is that one of my favorite books that he wrote, but I bought the um, the audible audiobook of him yeah. him reading that book and yeah. <laughs> really it's probably what inspired the most uh, me to start that Twitter account was just uh-huh. him with these little phrases throughout yeah. the book just talking to you and and I I needed it you know at the time yeah. I thought I really need these um, these graces in my life that he's, you know, kind of bestowing upon me, and and I, I did. It felt very personal. Like, well, I'd have my earbuds on at the gym or somewhere, and I mm-hmm. think it just feels like Mr. Rogers is is just talking to me and lifting me up right now. And so, yeah. I, I love hearing that that you were uh, that that book specifically was a part, and also Amy Hollingsworth's book um, was is incredibly good. The Simple Faith of Mr. Rogers. To, to be honest, there's not too many out there that I haven't read. And I think all of them are, are unique and all of them kind of approach Fred Rogers' life from a little bit different angle. And it feels like even with all of the books and the illustrations and the stories and now all the movies and documentaries, I still yeah. feel like we're just barely scratching the surface of <laughs> getting to know the man, you know, in a lot yeah. of ways. So that's really great. And all yeah. of us are very complex as people. Yeah, it really is. And and, and that's the other exciting thing is that, there, like you mentioned, there's so many books that have just come out even this year um uh you know uh gavin edwards his um kindness and wonder was another one that um just again every time i've listened to these books it's like you like you said you find a new aspect of you know his life that is really connects with you know your own story or just a new way to appreciate him um and again yeah like the movie uh that was amazing i hadn't known that story either and mm-hmm. and even through that it's been fun just uh, you know getting to know 
you know, now Joanne's, um, you know, kind of sharing more of her story. And so it's really neat to just start to experience not only, you know, Mr. Rogers story, but the life of the, the people that were in his uh, neighborhood, as you would say. And uh, yeah. It's just neat to see. I, I often, I'm always saying, well, Mr. Rogers, you know, I just learned this from Mr. Rogers. I, I often tell my wife, it's not my religion, of course, but, um, <laughs> you know, it really is just amazing to see, you know, just how, how it parallels, you know, a lot of just his faith came through in the messages and it's messages that we all need to hear today. You know, I, I think a lot of people say now more than ever, but I don't think it was is just as much then as it is now. Um, mm-hmm. But it is neat to see that people... You know, just as I even, you know, World Kindness Day just this year, going out and being on, you know, doing a book or a school visit, you know, it was just neat to see how these teachers and, you know, you know, librarians and students are all just really embracing this message of kindness and, and how it really is influencing yeah. um, the way they're treating each other in the classrooms, on the playgrounds, you know, and in their own homes. I mean, it's just, it's really neat to see how it, it does make an impact. Yeah, and it's it's been wonderful for me as well. Just running um, the Mr. Rogers Say Twitter account with with now over I think we're close to fifty two thousand followers at the yeah. time of this, and and I get to see a lot of that every day, and and I'll Absolutely. get messages from people, and I get a lot from schools, and people will send me maybe little video clips sometimes of uh, a choir at an elementary school that's singing a Mr. Rogers song <laughs> or uh, different events that they'll do, and and kind. And, and it's been wonderful for me also to just get to meet, you know, special guests on my show like you. They get to yeah. come on and we get to know each other a little more. And uh, I really feel like there's a universal, uh, what's the word, universality, universality. I'm not sure what the correct word is, <laughs> but it feels universal. We'll just put it at that. Oh, um, for sure. And the way that, that people respond um, to something about his life and, and who he was. And, and mm-hmm. I feel like he is a great source of, of help and inspiration and grace to so many people. So, yeah. Well, Luke, this has really been a, a wonderful visit. And I, I wanted to ask you just one more thing uh, before we end our conversation together today. But I uh, a few moments ago when we started our conversation, I had a look inside your studio there. And you've talked <laughs> about puppets a few times. And I was able to see a couple of uh, Kermit the Frog puppets, it looked like, uh, across the room from you there. And I'm just curious about your your take on the way that Fred Rogers did puppets, because he really left a lot to the imagination, not having puppets that the mouths moved or anything. Um, I'm curious, because you do love puppets so much, um, what what was your thoughts uh, about? Because I find that some people... Um, really feel like when they go to the land of make-believe, that's when they would disconnect from the show a little Mm. bit. Whereas other people find that really that that puppet time was very inspiring for them. So I I just kind of love to get what your reaction was when the show would go to that part of the the neighborhood. Yeah, um, like like I said, for me, I uh, didn't even, you know, I don't think you even noticed that their mouths weren't moving at the time, Mm. you know, because... I think that was the gift that Mr. Rogers had to his puppetry is that his voice and the way he just, the emotion that his voice carried, you know, when Daniel Tiger would, you know, say he was sad and just kind of duck his head a little and hold his arms in, you you definitely knew what he was saying. You knew what he was feeling, um, you know, and even just Lady Elaine Fairchild, who frightened me to death as a child. Um, yeah. I've, I've come to come to have peace with her now, but um, uh but even just the way that, you know, just the look of her, you you know, she had this kind of, you know, uh, cranky, but also a little bit, you know, uh, 
you know, she just was always kind of a little bit mischief, mischievous, but um, I think that was just their personalities. It was amazing how without any words or, or mouth movement, you knew exactly what they were saying. You knew exactly what kind of, you know, emotions they were sharing. Um, so really, I think that was the magic that he had. And, and I mean, at, as a kid, I didn't really re- realize that Fred was doing all those voices. You know, as a kid, you're just watching the show thinking, wow, there's a lot of puppeteers back there. And then to find out that he was doing all that work is just even more yeah. a testament to the fact that he really wanted his messages to come through. And that's what I loved about the um, uh, the Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary, where they kind of mentioned how he was maybe, you know, a little bit King Friday in himself, a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, like he might have had a little bit of those personalities from each mm-hmm. puppet or they were somebody in his life and that's where he was pulling those from. So, yeah, um, yeah pretty special puppeteering style. Yeah, and it's neat for me to see, too, the way that especially children will react when a puppet's in the room and oh, just the way sure. that, it, you know, that puppet just comes to life and it doesn't matter if the mouths are moving or even if you're not a very good puppeteer sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, even with our son, how at times I'll, uh, matter of fact, we have one of those little, it's not a puppet, but it's a, a pop vinyl figure, you know, yeah. like Mr. Rogers, and <laughs> he's like holding the trolley and uh, at times I'll, I'll talk to him through that. And it's just amazing the way that he'll open up at times and be able to tell us things about his day that I don't know if he's too bashful or or shy other times, but I've seen that with so many kids, and I think mm-hmm. that's a very special connection that we have with things like puppets, and that was a real gift. Well, for all of our uh, listeners, I want to just one more time remind you that if you go to our website at uh, welcomeneighbor.podbean.com, we will have links uh, to to Luke's work and and a way for you to be able to to buy some of his work and support him and what he does. And you can also just go to his website if you type in lukeflowers.com. That'll take you to his work or lukeflowerscreative.com. But again, we'll make sure and have all those links for you as well. And I'll definitely make sure and and post a couple of uh, posts on our Twitter account because we want to make sure that people are well aware of what you're doing. And and we want to thank you for the good work and the way that you're helping to really preserve uh, the work and the memory of Fred Rogers. And, and I'm, I'm just very proud of what you're doing. So thank you for that. Well, thanks, Rick. Yeah. And I, again, I just want to say thanks for all that you do to help carry that uh, torch that Mr. Rogers shared with all of us. I think between you and, um, you know, Tim that runs the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Archive, I think it's just been really neat to see how you guys have been doing this for much longer than I have. So I'm just mm-hmm. happy to kind of join in with you guys and um, some of the other people that are really celebrating it. So. It's, it's always great to meet new neighbors, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luke Flowers, thank you for stopping by for a visit today and uh, just for, for all that you do. We really appreciate you, and I hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah, thank you. This is special. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here this week in the neighborhood. Music featured on today's podcast was Nouvelle Noel by Kevin McLeod. And I also want to thank the at Mr. Rogers Say community on Twitter. Thank you for being there every single day. I'm your host, Rick Lee James. My Twitter account is at Rick Lee James. My website is rickleejames.com. My other podcast is Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James podcast. And I look forward to being with you again next time. Until then, remember, you make each day a special day. You know how? By just being you. There is only one person in this whole world like you, 
and people can like you exactly as you are.